Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're talking to Dr. Leo Galland, uh, who has done the work pulling a lot of research together on the subject of COVID-19, also uh, melding that with his practical experience working with patients uh, here in New York City. Uh, he's been uh, on the scene for many decades here. And uh, we're focusing on the brain because a lot of patients who suffer from long COVID, long hauler syndrome, they suffer from brain fog, cognitive problems. Uh, they, according to some studies, may be in higher risk of uh, moving towards dementia and Alzheimer's, which is a very, very dire prognosis. Um, so some of the things uh, that you've mentioned for brain, uh, we there's some actually some somewhat esoteric nutrients that you uh, talk about in your protocol. Uh, physetin, luteolin, uh, and coffee fruit. Right. Well, first of all, they're not they're not all that esoteric. Um, uh, they, and it all has to do with polyphenols. And their best beneficial effects and, um, uh, bioflavonoids in particular. So, physetin is a bioflavonoid. The main, most concentrated source are strawberries. Um, physetin has definite neuroprotective effects. They're anti-inflammatory and they, um, uh, um, you know, there have been, not so much human clinical trials with it, a lot of laboratory research. Um, probably the um, most important um, human clinical trial is with um, uh, using uh, about 100 milligrams of physetin, which is like eating a quart of strawberries a day for seven days after a stroke. And at that dosage, um, there was a significant outcome after strokes. So there are no clinical trials as yet looking at physetin for long COVID. It's very safe. It's available as a supplement. Or you could eat a lot of strawberries. Um, Do you not suggest a – I think I've heard that you suggest a shake to your uh, patients. That you oh, yeah. I made up um, – yeah, I made up a formula with the uh, help of a colleague – for a high physetin shake um, a few years ago. And, of course, strawberries were the main ingredients, but there were other, some other sources in it. And um, I got interested in that because uh, I'd read um, a report by a nutritionist who had Parkinson's disease and was trying to heal it 
nutritionally. And she'd done a lot of things that made sense. But when she went on this high fisetin diet, um, she really started to notice changes. So I thought, well, let me make up uh, a shake that would do that. People could add it to their diets. I was have been pretty impressed with the impact of that in people with Alzheimer's disease, um, Parkinson's with cognitive impairment. Um, so, um, you know, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Fisetin. Plus, I like strawberries, but, um, and, and it's readily available as a supplement. A hundred milligrams a day or higher. Um, luteolin is another bioflavonoid. Um, probably the most concentrated source is celery. And I wondered whether this, uh, a celery juice fed, <laughs> that has been so big it has something to do with the luteolin and the celery juice. You know, we're both, we're both from New York, and there was this thing. Uh, it was kind of from our youth, the celery soda. Uh, you know, it was like oh, a yeah, carbonated that. celery drink, and it was like it was like a standard thing. They hand you a can of celery soda when you ate in a in a kosher deli. <laughs> that was a big thing mm-hmm. in New York in the in the sixties right. and fifties. Um, yeah, and luteolin um, has, has most of its effects are anti-inflammatory, and it is it's good at um, inhibiting the activity of mast cells. Uh, and there is a potential role for activation of mast cells, both in acute COVID nineteen and in long COVID. Um, it, it certainly that's a theory that has its advocates, um, and. Um, uh, mast cell activation is something that's become increasingly observed in integrative medicine. Um, and there are a number of different luteolin products uh, that in particular have a liposomal delivery system. Luteolin by itself may not be that well absorbed. Um, and then coffee fruit extract, uh, there's a study, um, there's a product available Um it's based on uh, coffee fruit. It's low in caffeine. It has other um, uh, pop concentrates, the polyphenols. And that was shown to enhance the production, at least as measured in blood, of brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Hmm. So it's definitely something uh, to try. Uh, and then there's a substance called vinpacetin. Um Vinpacetin has been around for a long time. It's derived from periwinkle, uh, the flower, mm-hmm. and um, uh, it's been it's been used shown to improve cir- blood flow and circulation in the brain. Um, and I've seen some positive effects of it for cognitive uh, enhancement in people with chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, and even with some peripheral problems, people who had, um, you know, this phenomenon called COVID toes, um, vinpacetin may be helpful there. Um, and the dose used would be somewhere between 20 and 40 milligrams a day, maybe even 60 milligrams a day. Now, now for the brain, you also and harness it, the, I'm sorry, you, you harness the gut-brain connection with a substance that actually... Uh, acts as uh, brain fuel. Right. Well, 
Right. An important part of the gut-brain connection is the production of something called butyrate by gut bacteria. Um, butyrate is a short-chain fatty acid. It's volatile. That means, I mean, if you had a, a glass of butyrate, it would evaporate. It's produced in the large intestine by bacteria that are fermenting uh, fiber, basically, or carbohydrates that happen to reach the large intestine. And um, butyrate nourishes the cells of the large intestine. 75% of the energy used in the... Um, uh, created in the large intestine comes from butyrate. Um, and in fact, it drives the mitochondria in the large intestine. The butyrate that is formed there is absorbed into the body. It passes through membranes very rapidly and readily. And in the body, it has general anti-inflammatory effects. It also gets to the brain. And it's been demonstrated in laboratory experiments in animals that butyrate increases the production of BDNF in the brain. Um, and the mechanisms by which it does this are, I think, pretty well understood. Uh, it, it works right at the level of the gene. Um, it stimulates the activity of the gene for making BDNF. Um, so COVID-19 reduces the activity of that gene. So and, um, and the right type of diet in general. The right type of diet can enhance the production of BDNF. And are there certain probiotics which uh, uh, tend to uh, favor the production of, of uh, butyrate? Sure, um, and that this kind of gets over to the gut microbiome and COVID nineteen. Mm -hmm. The impact which is a subject of COVID nineteen into, into on itself. The Right. And that's it. Absolutely. But it, it's directly relevant here because of the gut brain connection. The, so far, what's been demonstrated is that, um, COVID-19 alters the microbiome in the gut and it decreases the diversity and richness of the bacterial species and it shifts them, um, away from, uh, uh, towards being more inflammatory, and it eliminates a lot of the anti-inflammatory species or decreases them and decreases their activity, and so you wind up with a more inflammation-producing um, uh, microbiome. You could actually call it a pathobiome, and, um, and the bacteria that are lost are major butyrate producers. And so you can restore them, not only with diet, but with the use of prebiotics, um, fructooligosaccharides, galactooligosaccharides, um, and also certain probiotics. Now, the loss of, of some species have been associated with the severity of the illness. And I don't think it's just that the more severe illness causes the loss of these species. I think that the loss of these species contributes to the severity of the illness. Uh, plus the overgrowth of some particular species may also, uh, that are pro-inflammatory, may contribute to the severity of the illness. Um, so the two pro probiotics that may be helpful 
um, at least based upon um, clinical trials in other settings. Um, Bifidobacterium longum, strain BB536. This was shown to raise the activity of a major butyrate producer. At the same time, uh, it decreased the symptoms of allergy and helped in adults and helped kids um, rec- prevent or recover from respiratory infection. Um, and there's a soil-derived organism called Bacillus coagulans. It's a particular strain of that that was shown to do the same thing and be anti-inflammatory in older adults. And that's um, the, that's the Tundrex and, product. It's a spore-based uh, uh, No, product. Tundrex is different. Oh, sorry. Right. Now, Tundrex is unique, but that's another soil-derived organism. That's a specific strain of Bacillus subtilis. And that's the one that, that produces alpha um, interferon. Right. It produces alpha interferon, which is um, one of the things about this virus that causes COVID-19. It is very sensitive to being killed by alpha interferon. And a critical step that the virus uses to make you ill is to find a way to turn off your production of alpha oh, interferon. Wow. So the Tundrix, in, at least in the, in the large bowel, gets around that by releasing its own alpha interferon. And I've seen um, patients of mine who have had chronic persisting GI problems after COVID-19, in particular diarrhea or pain, have responded very well to Tundrix with that, with improvement in those symptoms. Okay. So that's a very uh, comprehensive uh, mm-hmm. rundown on the microbiome. Okay, folks, at this point, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share this vital message with you. So listen up. Did you know that olive oil is at its peak of flavor and nutrition right after it's fresh pressed at harvest time? That's why my favorite olive oil is delivered to me direct from the latest harvest, thanks to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and as a listener of Intelligent Medicine, you can try a bottle of their finest artisanal olive oil, normally $39, for just $1 with no obligation to buy anything else. I've been enjoying these harvest fresh olive oils for years. They are far and away the brightest, most lively, and flavorful olive oils I've ever tasted. Their antioxidants and polyphenols are off the charts because they're fresh from the harvest. They make store-bought olive oils taste dull and flat by comparison. Taste for yourself. Check out this generous trial offer and get your $39 bottle for a buck with no obligation to buy anything else. Visit MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. In my case, it truly is. MyFavoriteOliveOil.com myfavoriteoliveoil.com Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you with great guests like today's guest, Dr. Leo Galland. And now back to Dr. Galland. Do you have any experience with uh, low-dose naltrexone in patients with COVID? Because that's uh, Um, proposed for fibromyalgia, for chronic fatigue syndrome. I've seen it work in some cases. It does a sort of a switch on the immune system, on the... uh, the actually the uh, uh, opioid uh, system, the endorphin yeah, system. I, right. I haven't actually used it in uh, long COVID or PASC um, as yet. I've used low-dose naltrexone, I don't know, for 35 or 40 years mm-hmm. in various settings. You know, and sometimes it's been very helpful um, in, in with inflammatory disorders, 
uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, um, and and sometimes not. It's um, but it is it's a useful tool to to have available. Um, I just haven't as yet had the, found the need to use it in patients with long COVID. Is there any evidence that um, long COVID? affects the thyroid or affects estrogen or affects androgens or adrenal function of it, getting in there. And I think you actually proposed that in, as part of your program, is that evaluating those areas and providing support, uh, endocrine support, can help uh, patients cycle out of this. Sure. Well, there, there, are, um, there are reports. They're mostly like individual case reports or two or three cases. Um, of uh, acute or subacute thyroiditis occurring after COVID-19 or of the activation of Hashimoto's thyroiditis after recovery from COVID-19. Um, and those are conditions that other viral infections have sometimes created. So it's, that's not kind of sort of specific for COVID. Um, uh, I've seen a couple of patients who developed adrenal insufficiency. And of course, because a lot of people with COVID wind up on steroids, that could aggravate mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the situation. And um, there are complex relationships between steroids and ACE2 um, because steroids do enhance ACE, may enhance ACE2 activity. Hydrocortisone actually has the, the strongest effect. Um, but the but COVID itself can suppress your own the adrenal glands. Um, so I, I think it's important for anyone suffering from chronic fatigue after COVID to have their adrenals looked at, um, especially if they have uh, changes in blood pressure. You know, a drop in blood pressure with um, when when they're upright. Since women over 50 seem to be especially prone to uh, long COVID, uh, there's a suggestion that estrogen may have a component, maybe a component that's involved. And is uh, sure. hormone replacement therapy an option for them, perhaps, to get them on their feet? Definitely. I'm sorry. Definitely worth looking at because um, estrogen does support ACE2 activity um, and yeah, if you're a woman over the age of 50 who's suffering from um, long COVID, um, definitely talk to your gynecologist, your endocrinologist, about whether you may might benefit from hormone replacement therapy. So an, another question, and I'm going to put you really into the speculative realm here, because can we infer from some of these findings that the procedures that you mentioned, you know, in restoring people to normalcy after COVID uh, might help the vaccine injured because, you know, they're, they're, uh, people are being administered a vaccine that stimulates the immune system that has a component of the SARS-CoV-2, the spike protein, and they experience uh, symptoms sometimes of POTS, you know, postural orthostatic uh, uh, syndrome, uh, you know, dizziness, lightheadedness, fatigue. Uh, do you have a sense that perhaps some of these strategies can help those people? Have you encountered that at all in your practice? Oh, yeah. Well, right. Actually, over the past um, few months up until 
very recently when the Delta variant took off. Um, uh, I hadn't seen a new case of COVID-19 for, you know, a few months. Uh, I was just, in terms of, I was seeing people were contacting me because of long COVID or because of vaccine reactions. And um, the kind of, the I would say the most um, complex and um, difficult vaccine reactions are the delayed ones that are protracted. They may not, you may get um, one or two shots and nothing happens immediately, not much. But then a week to four weeks later, symptoms start to occur that you haven't had in a long time or you never had before. Um, now, with the, and so the question is, what is the mechanism here? Um, is it just due to the fact that the immune system has been so act, hyper-stimulated? Because these vaccines are really very potent. I mean, you know, 80% of people who get the vaccines feel sick for at least a few days, especially after the second shot. And that doesn't happen with the flu shot or, you know, or any of the other vaccines available. This is, this is a, a marked immune stimulation. So it may just be the result of this high level of immune stimulation. And then, of course, the question is, do we want to blunt that? Because the studies indicating that these vaccines are beneficial, and I do believe that they, it's very clear that they significantly reduce the incidence of symptomatic COVID and the need for hospitalization. Um, you know, I mean, all of those studies are done in people who are just living like ordinary Americans or, um, or Britons. They're not doing things to try and diminish the inflammation. Okay, well, that's a long um, response, and I haven't actually finished it. The um, For symptoms like POTS, my impression has been that a lot of the um, the neurologic type side effects that occur after these, after the vaccines are due to migraine type phenomena. Mm. Um, that there's these, they're what are called basilar migraines. They're different from, there may or may not be headaches with them. Mm-hmm. Or the headaches may be very mild. It was like a bodily, um, but all of the a bodily migraine as opposed to a bodily migraine. Yeah, right. Now, um, and and then the question raised is: Well, is this due to the viral spike protein itself, um, or is it due to some kind of allergic reaction to some other component? Uh, what we know is, and and here, you know. The arguments that have been, been presented by officials and by the anti-vaccine people are all similar in that they're not really totally telling the truth. I mean, there's an, they're taking information and distorting it to make their point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, it's one thing when these conspiracy people do that you kind of expected 
um, it's not acceptable when um, the people that are supposed to be telling the truth do it. So the viral spike, when you when you get one of these vaccines, and this is a study done at Harvard, um, there is you can actually measure the viral spike protein in your blood. It now it's very low doses. It's picogram doses that are measured. That's like you know a, that, a millionth of a microgram, which is. You know, so, I mean, these are minuscule doses, um, and they occur, um, or minuscule amounts. They occur, the maximum level occurs at about five, five days after the first dose of the vaccine. And, um, contrary to what the pharmaceutical companies say, this spike vaccine does attach to ACE2 in blood vessels. Mm-hmm. So I know somebody who looked at that and was able to demonstrate that that actually happens. Um, so one of the things that can prevent that from happening, um, quercetin. Mm-hmm. quercetin. So I am recommending the use of fairly high doses of quercetin to people at the time of vaccination. Mm-hmm. As, a, um, as a kind of a prophylaxis a week against, or two. Uh, against harm. Uh, yeah, right. It, it, there's no, there, it should not interfere with the immune response. But if the toxicity of the vaccines is related to the circulating spike protein, mm-hmm. quercetin will prevent it from binding to its target. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so I think, and, and it's possible that, um, you know that some of these other measures, right. time, time uh, will tell. in particular, yeah, time will, will tell because will be helpful if we're, if we're dealing with a, a uh, an ACE two mechanism that you know perhaps some of the measures that you use for long COVID uh, could ameliorate the symptoms of vaccine reactions. But again, it's too early to tell. Yeah, I think we need. I mean, we need more research on what the mechanisms are in these vaccine reactions. Because it may not be one single mechanism. There may be multiple. Exactly. All right. Well, look, you have been extraordinarily generous uh, sharing this time with us. And, you know, we've broken precedent by uh, offering uh, two consecutive podcasts, actually four consecutive podcasts, because we divide each podcast, each recording into two parts. So we have parts one, two, three, and four. And, you know, obviously, it's a lot of material to digest and memorize. And maybe some of you are writing furiously, taking notes. It's all there. Uh, you have provided resources uh, at your website, drgallon.com. And if you suffer from long COVID or if one of your loved ones suffers from long COVID, you may want to direct your healthcare practitioner to these free resources at Dr. Gallon's websites, uh, website. And it's a detailed roadmap to recovery. And you're really to be commended for tackling this, this complex subject with such uh, expertise and determination. So really, really appreciate it. Well, Ron, thanks for, you know, repeatedly giving me the opportunity to communicate what I've learned and what my experience has been um, to your listeners. Well, I think that they're certainly going to be the beneficiaries. Thanks again. That was Dr. Leo Galland. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. 
and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site, it's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant, and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.